Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. It's a podcast that helps you grow wealth and grow your wealth and become financially independent. This is episode number 15, Income Statement Part 2. My name is Beko and my co-host, the notorious Hari. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, so let's dive into the part two of the income statement. In the previous episode, we started our journey from top line to gross profit and operating profit. And so we have to, we have the last leg of the journey here from operating profit to net profit. So we will talk about that. So why don't you kick us off from here, Hari? So where do we go from here? Operating profit to net profit. What takes place? Yeah. So just to, to remember, remind you to under, you know, to bring this back to where we were operating profit is what the money that is made from the operations of the business, right? So companies also have this, uh, non operating profit, which is, uh, things that are, uh, sold, um, you know, assets that are sold off that they, you know, that are one-time things, or they sometimes make money from interest. Um, you know, they hold, hold, uh, bonds of, you know, of treasury bills and things like that. And that generates money. So that doesn't have anything to do with our hot dog stand or, you know, any, any other business, but they, they make that money still. So they still account for it in this statement. But the, the two big expenses after we go from operating profit to net profit are interest, which is if I make a loan, um, or if I get a, if I finance my business with loans, then I have to um, pay interest on the loans, right? I'm not paying down the principal of the loan and expensing it here. I'm only paying the interest. Um, and so the other component of this is uh, taxes. So taxes are city, state, local, uh, uh, federal income tax that are uh, uh, and aggregated across all three. And so depending on where the business is located, they may have different tax rates, uh, relative to other businesses. So taxes are real expenses. They, you know, um, but for the most part, just be because they're located in different places, we, we tend to focus on the operating profit, not the after tax profit, uh, because the business could be in a different jurisdiction and that how is how it affects it. So, um, so when we when we subtract those interest and taxes, we are left with the bottom line. So the bottom line is called net income, net profit, or you know the bottom line is based on you know all of the components that made it up to this point. So we started with sales, we subtracted the cost of goods sold, uh, that gave us our gross profit. Then we subtracted um, advertising expenses. Uh, or called selling gen uh, and then general and administrative expenses, which are executive salaries um, and uh, insurance, R&D, uh, and this uh, concept of depreciation we've subtracted out. Uh, that led us to get operating profit. And then we subtracted again the tax interest, I'm sorry, the loan interest and the taxes, and we got, we were left with net income. Yep. Um, and so those, uh, you know, when now that we're, we, we're down here, um, you know, we, we can talk a little bit about the metrics that we are associated with it. Yeah. Yes. Why don't we talk? Yeah. So let's <clears throat> already mentioned we basically finished our journey from the, the top line all the way to the bottom line. He mentioned all the, the stuff that are the, the items that are that are expensed out that leads us to the bottom line. And now, like now that we're here at the bottom line, 
let's look at some of the some of the metrics. Yeah. So one thing that we could look at um, is, is gross profit margin. So so tell us about that, and then we can move on to the next uh, next yeah, thing. Yeah. So gross profit margin. Whenever we talk about something profit margin, yep. it is that profit line divided by revenue. So gross profit margin is gross profit divided by revenue. Same with operating profit is uh, our operating profit margin is operating profit over revenue. Yep. Uh, and same with net profit. So gross profit margin tells you how cheaply are they able to produce the goods that they're they're making. So if I make my goods and I have a gross profit margin of 50% and somebody has a gross profit margin, my competitor has it of uh, 30%, then I am more efficient at, um, you yep. know, at, at my, you know, my cost of goods is smaller yep. uh, relative to the, yeah. the, the selling price. Right. And, and that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's important to understand. And let's kind of go back to how we got to gross profit. Gross profit, again, as a reminder, is top line minus cost of goods sold. So hot dog, a hot dog example, $1,000 comes in as a, as a revenue. Let's say our raw material versus uh, raw material plus our labor cost is let's say $200. We're left with $800. So that's that's gross profit. And so what you're subtracting out from the top line is the cost of goods sold. And yep. to Hari's point, the pro the the profit margin, gross profit margin tells you how much how much of that cost of goods sold you're subtracting out from the revenue. And so like he said, like Hari said, it is how it, it is. It tells you the if it tells you how cheaply you are sourcing your cost of goods sold. Yeah, which you know that that not, doesn't necessarily mean it's good, right? To be cheaper, um, if 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 all else being equal, being cheaper is better, right? Right. Sometimes being cheaper means that your product isn't as good as mm -hmm. the other competitor, right? Yeah. So, but you know, for the most part, you want to have a higher all of these margins the high as possible. Yeah. Because that gives you the ability to, um, uh, you know, to compete on price, yeah. right? So that means if you lower your sales cost, your the 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 cost that the customer pays, you can pass those savings on to the customer, and they get more value, which means they shop at your store more than What's your competitor. Big, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next profit margin. We talked about this actually briefly in the previous episode. Yeah. Being able to compare company to company in terms of their operational efficiency. Right. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so operating profit margin or operating margin, it, there, there is a, another term that we use called EBIT, which is earnings before interest and taxes. Um, so both of those terms are synonymous um, in many ways, but uh, operating margin is very important because now we have subtracted the cost of overhead, right? The overhead is the sales team, the insurance, the rent, all of that um, stuff that we've subtracted out, we now can kind of compare how efficient is our business, right? Maybe our business has better, you know, our cost of goods are higher than somebody else because we're a smaller company, but we don't have as much administrative bloat um, as another business, right? So that, that margin is really important because it tells you how frugal is the company spending on things that you know, may or may not matter to the business. Some, 
you know, maybe we have a very high advertising expense this year because nobody has heard of our store yet. And then in year two and three, that number will decrease. And so you can kind of see, well, I, we anticipate the margin to improve, or this is our target operating margin for next year or the year after. Mm-hmm. So these metrics are super, super important because it, you want to hear when you listen to your annual reports, your conference calls, the CEO talking about these margins and what are their targets and how are they going to achieve them uh, and how, because ultimately, as we've always said from day one, you know, companies exist to make a profit and if, and that profit is uh, shared by the owners of the business. So I want my company to make the highest operating margin uh, they possibly can. And if that means that they pay their executives less money or they, you know, they, they don't spend as much on things that are, are frivolous. That is important to me. Yep, absolutely. Again, EBIT, EBIT stands for earnings before interest and tax. E, E-B-I-T yep. is synonymous, is synonym to operating profit margin. Yep. And you'll see that word being thrown around in the uh, in news, in newspaper and, and news channels. Right. And let's, let's move on to the third profit margin net profit margin yeah again I'm, I'm going back to this analogy here our journey from top line to bottom line and these are metrics that you should be paying attention to as you travel down from top line to bottom line these profit margins so we arrive at net profit margin yep so tell us about that Hari. so n- net profit margin is again we took the operating profit we subtracted out interest and taxes and we're left with net profit margin so this is essentially if I sell a hundred dollars worth of sales per year, how much cash or how much earnings do I get as a percentage basis on that hundred bucks? So let's say our operating margin is five percent, or and I'm sorry, net profit margin is five percent. That means for every hundred dollars in sales, we get five dollars um, that goes to the bottom line. So if we want, if our goal is to make twenty-five dollars in profit, we have to sell, you know. Um, $500 in goods, right? If it if it's 5%. So you can kind of use that to track how is a company doing over time. The, the problem is, is that uh, tax laws change. Um, companies have different um, financing structures. So, yeah. so when we talked about debt and equity and how we financed our business, sometimes they finance their business with debt so they have a higher interest number. Yeah. Uh, and that interest expense may may grow or may, or maybe smaller depending on how much debt we are using. Yeah. So it's a little harder to compare across businesses when you have one company has a little bit of debt and another company has a lot of debt. Um, now, obviously, from a financial health standpoint, we want to know how much debt they have and how much is it costing the business because it is a real expense. But it, you can't really compare two businesses together because. Um, you know, it's, it's much harder to compare those two. So right. that's why we want to start with, uh, we focus on the EBIT or operating profit because yeah. uh, that compares the operating side of the, the equation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was net profit. So again, starting from the top, gross profit margin, operating profit margin, and then we're now left with net profit margin. And that's what Hari just talked about just right there. Okay, let's move on to another um, acronym that is being thrown around all the time. It's called EBITDA. EBITDA. E-B-I-T-D-A. So, remember EBIT, I just mentioned, E-B-I-T, 
which is synonymous to profit margin. Profit margin is again, top line, subtract out the gross, subtract out the operating expenses. You're left with EBIT, operating, um, operating profit margin. Now add DA to EBITDA, and that's EBITDA. What is that, Hari? Um, so this is a, a metric that is pretty ridiculous, actually. Um, and it, it is not a useful measurement. And so a lot of people have anchored to this because it makes the number look bigger, right? So just so you understand, EBIT is earnings before interest and taxes. So we, as we talked about that, that is to help you compare operating companies between each other, right? But now we're trying to add back depreciation and amortization and those are non-cash expenses so yeah. you're saying you're you're saying to yourself well if we're trying to compare these two if it's not really a cash expense shouldn't isn't that a better better metric and the answer is no because depreciation is an actual expense it's just not an expense that you see every year and so think about our hot dog uh, you know company we buy equipment and that lasts for five years and so we take this expense every year as, you know, 20%, you know, one over five gives us 20% uh, of the, of the cost of the, um, our, uh, hot dog, um, you know, manufacturing business, um, you know, the, uh, the, the machines, the yeah. carts, the, you know, all, all of the stuff that we used to sell. Yep. And these are equipment that lasts longer than a year. And we expense it against our income. And so you say, well, but it's not a real expense every year. But in five years, we'll have to replace it, right? And so then what happens is you say, well, I made a lot of money this year. And then in year five, you're like, well, I didn't make any money, yeah. right? Well, if you're using EBITDA, then it just kind of looks like you're doing well when you're not, right? And so that's why we don't want to ever anchor to this measurement because depreciation, amortization, as we'll talk about in the balance sheet segment, are real expenses, they are just not accounted for correctly. And that's why you, we will, when we talk about um, valuing a business, we will use cash flow because it, that kind of, uh, you know, average cash flows over a longer period of time because that will truly tell us how much as owners we generate. Yeah. Uh, earnings can be kind of played with as we've, you know, we've talked about a little bit here. Depreciation and these other things are not cash expenses. So I don't really care what my income statement says. I really care about what my cash is every year. Yep. So again, EBIT, EBITDA, DA stands for depreciation, amortization. And uh, you'll hear this a lot, EBITDA, EBIT, when you're starting to look at all these uh, financial metrics and listening to news or reading uh, financial reports, you'll see these uh, metrics being thrown around. Uh, and it's important to understand the, the, the points that Hari mentioned there. Okay, um, there are a few other things that we want to mention in this episode, income statement part two. Um, discontinued operation. You see that sometimes in the income statement. Can you tell, tell us about that? Yeah, so let's pretend that our hot dog business also sold kale smoothies. And, you know... We, we, you know, we tried this as an experiment to have like healthy and not healthy food at the same time. And, you know, it turned out after year one, nobody bought any kale smoothies and that's because they're disgusting. So we discontinued the sale of kale smoothies in our business. So in year one, maybe we sold, you know, a hundred dollars worth of kale smoothies and in year two, we're going to discontinue it. So what we want to tell our investors is, yeah, we made a hundred dollars uh, in sales in 
of our kale smoothies, but we're not going to be using that as a metric going forward. So this is part of telling that story. So in year one, yes, they are in income. You know, there is, uh, you know, uh, sales from discontinued operations, but going forward, you won't see that. So that kind of helps you understand year to year. If I'm removing this thing that is no longer part of my, my standard business, um, I've discontinued it. Uh, and so it, it appears as such on the, uh, on the income statement. Yeah. Okay, and when you look at income statement, uh, you start from, again, top line all the way to revenue or all the way to profit, net income. And then at the end, you're going to see something like shares outstanding. You're yep. going to see something like earnings per share yeah. in every income statement that's publicly um, published. Right. So tell us about that. So this is this is line items that exist after income statement. Um, that exists after um, net income. Yeah, so everything we've talked about before applies to the entire company. It's an in aggregate. This is how the company, how much money the company made. But on a per share basis is essentially if, you know, we when we made our hot dog company, we borrowed money from our friend or from the bank and we uh, sold equity, you know, parts of our business to shareholders. So let's say that, um, Becca and I each kept five shares and we sold five shares to, um, uh, the public, right? So he, he and I own together five shares. The rest of the world owns five shares and we made a hundred dollars. So what we are essentially doing is saying hundred dollars in net income divided by 10 shares is $10 per share. So I own five shares. I made five, 50 bucks. Uh, and the, our friends and family who also own shares, got fifty dollars too. But per shares we we each earned ten dollars per share. Mm -hmm. So why this is important and this is something that is very critical to understanding because this now now that we're talking about it from a uh an investing standpoint, in addition to understanding the company, is the shares matter because the more pieces of the pie there are, the smaller my share is, right? So you know, as we talked about, you do an initial public offering, you sell shares in your business. That means that on a percentage basis, I own fewer share, you know, fewer percent of the company because my, the pie didn't get, the overall pie didn't get bigger. We just sliced it up more. So now we're, what we're saying is I, what I don't want as an investor is my company to have more and more slices. I want the slices themselves to be bigger, right? So we, we actually should break those two things out in shares outstanding into basic, which are shares that have already been issued and are owned by people and diluted. So diluted shares outstanding is shares that could be converted into shares. So that is shares that were sold as equity that can get converted into stock stock options. And these are all things that we'll talk about um, later. If you don't understand them, it, it, you know, it's... Just think about it as basic are already shares and di diluted is shares that will become shares. <clears throat> so we get uh, from those two metrics, we should use the diluted shares outstanding, not the basic shares outstanding, because these this is what could our, our potential profit could be. So to give you a good uh, example of this, you know, the company Cisco uh, was very generous with their stock options. Uh, and in 2000, they were... 
flying high and you know the, the company was considered one of the biggest networking giants in the in- internet business but they they were very generous with stock options and it took them almost 15 years to buy back all of the shares that they issued as options mm-hmm. so um, their stock price really didn't move to sideways because of this so even though their net income kind of you know improved a little bit over time because they had too many shares outstanding, it, it lowered the per share basis. So yeah. you as an owner, the only thing you really care about is on a per share basis how things are doing. Yep. Even if the revenue and net income aren't really growing, but your per share um, uh, Owner. in, ownership is growing uh, because they're buying back the shares of the company, which is also a thing that can be done, is very good for you. Yep. So, yep. so again, kind of at the end there, we talked about share outstanding Earnings per share and understanding everything in per share idea concept, per share concept is very important for investors. And again, we'll talk about this more in balance sheet and cash as well. But a lot of times you will see, oh, this company has five cents per share or, you know, uh, what else? Um, cash, a free cash flow per share cash flow. So everything that you'll see in the financial world, a lot of times people report things in per share because at the end of the day, that's what matters as investors. And so um, in income statements, what's important is earnings. So profitability at the end, the bottom line per share. And that will, you'll see this um, motif come up again and again. Yep. And it's important to understand why uh, why it is it is that way. Okay. So that kind of concludes the income statement, part two. And just let's do a quick recap of it. Yep. Again, income statement is a is how much company earned or lost during a certain period of time. And this income statement follows accrual-based accounting, which right. is distinct from cash-based accounting, which we will talk about in later episode when we cover cash flow statement. In income statement, anatomy of income statement is very simple. You start from top line to bottom line. Top line is how much money that you're bringing in in total. And then as you go down, as you make this journey from top line to bottom line, you're deducting all the expenses that that you needed to make that money. So starting from operating or starting from gross, which is cost of goods sold, we went to so that, was the, that was the first leg of the journey. The second leg of the journey, we talk about the operational side of it, and then the last leg of the journey, which is tax and and interest interest payments, which is the last leg of the journey. So three legs, which leads us to the bottom line, and at the end we talk about how much did did how, how much um, how how much the company generated income wise per share. So anything you want to add there to the, um, to the summary? <clears throat> no, I, I think um, because this is so important, we're going to spend a little more time on it. We'll wrap up when we finish all of the financial statements. We'll bring them all together again, and I think you'll revisit some of these concepts. So, yeah. you know, if you're really struggling or, you know, I, I encourage you to listen to this podcast again, you know, these two episodes and the uh, on the income statement plus the financial statements. And, um, you know, actually go and get an annual report, yeah. um, which we can link to in the show notes. 
uh, for a company and you can, you know, kind of follow along visually because this is a, it's a little bit harder if you're on the, on the audio side uh, without having something in front of you that kind of just to keep track of everything. Yep. Okay. So that was episode 15 income statement part two. Thank you all for listening. Um, and if you liked the episode, please leave us a comment. Uh, send us an email um, at info at valueinvestor.org or just direct message us on YouTube or, or wherever it may be that you find your podcast. I think I think there's a um, email link to every episode. Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter too. Yeah, Twitter, uh, stock twits. We're on there sometimes. Uh, so... And subscribe, please. This will help us a lot. And tell your friends about this epi- uh, this podcast. Uh, everything, every any any effort to reach out to more audience will help us. So, thank you all for listening. Episode fifteen. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks. Mm-hmm.